Welcome to Orla's Happy Hormones Podcast. I'm Orla, your resident tree-hugging, lemon-sucking, garlic-crushing hippie. Talking all things female health and wellness. I hope you enjoy. Hey, and welcome to episode 78 of Orla's Happy Hormones Podcast. How's everybody doing in lockdown? I know I seems to be the same intro every week for nearly a year now. How's lockdown treating everyone? I know this one has been a tough one and we're getting there. It won't be long before we're out of it. The nights are getting longer, which is great. That age old saying there's a great stretch in the evening. <laughs> I so sound like my mother. But there is, there's a great stretch in the evening, it's getting brighter and the sun has been coming out a bit more and it makes a huge difference. And even just trying to focus on those little bits, those areas that, the positives that can help us get through because it's so easy to get caught up in the in the negatives of it all. But even with that, in saying that, like feel what you're feeling, if you're frustrated, if you're angry, if you're sad, if you're lonely, if you're whatever, feel it all. There's no point in suppressing it and trying to logically push through because when it comes to logic in a pandemic, there, there's no correlation. And so what I will say is feel what you're feeling, but do try to focus on the positives that are there within every day. I've started back doing my gratitude lists. So I did a 66 days grateful list about a year and a half ago and it really helped me. So I'm back doing that now every evening. I'll think of five things of that day that really just put a smile on my face. Be it the sunshine, going for a walk with a friend, a nice cup of coffee, a smile from a stranger, my babies, my nieces, anything. There are so many little things in the day that can really put a smile on your face if we are focusing and looking for the good things. So try that. But this week I'm bringing it back to basics and back to hormones and one of the main, like there's an umbrella term of balancing hormones and that umbrella term is so huge because when we're talking about hormones, hormones basically control us. We are our hormones. Hormones are chemical messengers that are sent throughout the body, telling our bodies what to do, how to react, how to respond, how to function. And when we're talking about hormones, again, I know I always say this, but we're not just talking about estrogen and progesterone. We're talking estrogen, progesterone, testosterone, cortisol, adrenaline, noradrenaline, thyroid hormones, your TSH, T3, T4, we're talking luteinizing hormone, follicle stimulating hormone. It, the list goes on and on and on because it is hormones that make us function. But when I'm hearing a lot of women asking for help with balancing their hormones, essentially what they're looking for is help with balancing their estrogen and progesterone, that they have PMS issues, that they have really bad periods, that they have bad acne. So we have to look at what's going on with the estrogen and progesterone and also testosterone. There's usually an underlying cause 
for everything. It's not just for some random reason your estrogen or progesterone or testosterone has gone out of balance. There's a why. So it's figuring out what that why is. It's following the breadcrumbs. It is joining the dots. We have to get to the root cause so that we can support the body from the ground up instead of just symptomatically treating. Like I, you you may have acne, really heavy periods or really painful periods. When you think of people who have very painful periods, they'll take a Panadol or a Nurofen or whatever to dull the pain. But that's not treating the underlying cause. That's just symptomatically treating. It's removing the pain, which at times is really necessary to do. And you can also do it herbally with certain herbs. But again, you're just treating the acute, not the constitution, not the overall picture. It's the same with acne. I can give you herbal creams topically to put on your face. Different serums, different face washes. But again, there's something going on to cause these problems. So that's when I'm looking at balancing the hormones. So to bring it all back to the start, it all starts with little glands within our brains called the hypothalamus and the pituitary we have what's known as the HPA axis and also the HPG axis. So the HPA axis is the hypothalamic pituitary adrenal axis. This is the pathway of hormones being released from the hypothalamus to the pituitary to the adrenal glands when you're in your fight or flight response. It's directly linked with your autonomic nervous system. Then we have what's known as the HPG axis. So this is the hypothalamus, pituitary and gonadal axis. Your gonadals for women, your ovaries for men is your testes. This is the direct link for your reproductive hormones. But the hypothalamus and the pituitary, are the, they're the stars of the show. If there's something off with your ovulatory cycle, I call it... The, not just I, it is actually technically known as the ovulatory cycle. But if there's something off with your ovulatory cycle, we have to go back and look at what's causing this. So if you're having extremely heavy periods or loss of periods, we have to see what the cause is. Is the cause inflammation or is the cause a glitch in the pathway between your hypothalamus and your pituitary and your ovaries or your hypothalamus, pituitary and your adrenal glands? The reason I say this is because, especially now in a pandemic, for the last friggin' year, people are under so much stress. And stress is one of the top three causes of amenorrhea, inflammation, heavy periods, PMS, all that. And the reason for it is because when your HPA axis is activated, that's your stress response. That's the likes of your your cortisol dumping, adrenaline, noradrenaline. When we are in constant fight or flight mode, and even though you may be in your logical brain and thinking, oh no, I'm fine, I'm fine, I'm managing everything okay, I'm in the new normal, everything's okay. Look, your mind may be saying that, your logical mind may be saying that, but your emotional mind isn't or your emotional brain. There is a 
constant sense of having to be alert because we're we're in a constant unknown we're in a chronic unknown we don't know what's happening next so there is an undercurrent of that stress so your cortisol has been amped up and amped up and amped up this in itself is having a knock-on effect on your hpg axis so your reproductive hormones what i'm finding in clinic at the moment is again when looking for the root cause for the likes of pms heavy periods irregular periods loss of periods it's all coming back to stress the nervous system has been fully activated your cortisol level is through the roof and it's having a direct effect on the hpg axis and it's knocking off its its proper function but then we have to look at what exactly is it that's been thrown off so for women we're looking at estrogen and progesterone what we're also looking at is testosterone a lot of women don't realize this but we actually have more testosterone than we do estrogen it's just our bodies don't utilize utilize it the way it utilizes estrogen but let's look at estrogen and progesterone everyone thinks that estrogen is the problem with everything <laughs> well not everyone that's a blanket statement right there but a lot of people when we're talking about female hormones we're talking about oh god there's too much estrogen there or when you hear about men being stuck in a house full of women he's like oh i'm surrounded by way too much estrogen and but estrogen is important but progesterone is just as important when we're looking at estrogen and progesterone we're looking at a weighing scales so remember those old school weighing scales where you'd put something in one side and the other side would flip up or whatever look at estrogen in one side and progesterone in another side when your hormones are balanced they're level when you have too much estrogen the estrogen rises and the progesterone lowers and vice versa when the progesterone rises the estrogen lowers so when we're looking at estrogenic problems or even progesterone problems we have to ask the question is there too much estrogen in the system or is there not enough progesterone so when we're talking about estrogen dominance which is the main reason for a lot of pms problems the likes of heavy periods swollen tender breasts that moodiness the bloating the everything that comes with pms typically we're looking at too much estrogen what we have to ask is it that there's too much estrogen floating around the system and there's not an adequate amount of progesterone because of that or is there an actual progesterone deficiency causing the estrogen to become too high so the one way that i can decipher this with clients without any blood tests or blood work done on your hormone on the hormones is by looking at the cycles looking at the regularity of the cycles if they are regular but you still have the symptoms of PMS what i'm seeing is okay you are actually ovulating so you are producing progesterone but there's an excess of estrogen where is this excess of estrogen coming from there are many different causes for excess estrogen we're looking at the contraceptive pill or hormonal birth controls we're looking at environmental factors we're looking at food and again we're looking at chronic cortisol levels or chronically high cortisol levels 
And then we're looking at the flip side. So women whose cycles are either shorter than 23 days or longer than 35. Typically, these are non-ovulatory cycles, meaning that you're not ovulating, meaning that there's an issue somewhere along that that line of hormone receptors of the hypothalamus, the pituitary, the ovaries, or as the hypothalamus, pituitary, and adrenal glands. Typically, when we're looking at non-ovulatory cycles, there's one of two reasons. So we're looking at hypothalamic function, or as excess androgens, or, or excess testosterone, which is stopping ovulation. For the purpose of this week's episode, I'm just really going to talk about the hypothalamic function or the the lack of hypothalamic function due to stress, because that's where a lot of women are right now, is that they're losing their periods, they're getting amenorrhea, or as they're having irregular periods, and this is all down to stress. So what is stress? People automatically assume when you ask them, are they stressed? They're like, no, no, I'm fine, I'm getting on, I'm getting by. Stress is a physiological response on the body to threat. Be it physical stress, emotional stress, trauma-based stress. There are so many different types of stress. There's acute stress and chronic stress. Acute stress is good. Acute bursts of cortisol is actually beneficial for the body. But it's when you're going going into the, the long-term or the chronic cortisol release in high amounts that's when there's problems coming in on a physiological level excess cortisol over long periods of time can cause non-ovulatory cycles it can cause the body to switch off and this is an evolutionary process because way back way way back in the day (laughs) during famines war and again pandemics which we are in the female body will switch off its ovulatory process because it knows that it cannot provide for a child. It's too dangerous to conceive, it's too dangerous to carry a baby to term, and it's too dangerous to, or it's not that it's too dangerous, but the possibility of being able to care for the child once it's born has all been lowered. The risk factors when it comes to being pregnant again back in the day before we had modern medicine before we had the world that we're in now the risk outweighed the positive side and there was also no such thing as birth control back then so women's bodies would actually switch off the ovulatory process to prevent them from getting pregnant this is all happening within the HPA axis, that that hypothalamic pituitary and adrenal gland axis. Your cortisol is having the, the feedback loop back to the hypothalamus to say, now is not the time to have a baby. Switch off the, ov- the ovulatory process. Do not release an egg. Do not release your luteinizing hormone or your follicle-stimulating hormone. So when your HPA axis is in overdrive, it's automatically cutting off your HPG axis. And like I said, when we're looking at stress, we're looking at physical stress, emotional stress, or trauma-based stress. So physical stress, the likes of overtraining, you'll see this a lot in endurance athletes and also 
gymnastics, any sort of athletics, really. The stress that's been put on the body with that type of training, the cortisol levels are so excessive that they are having that knock-on effect of amenorrhea. So even if you are not feeling emotionally stressed, because people typically think stress is all emotional, even if you're not feeling emotionally stressed, there may be physical stresses within the body that's having this this cortisol dump and having the effect then on your on your ovulatory cycle. Then we have emotional stress. And emotional stress and physical stress, they may be two very different things, but on a physiological level, they're having the exact same effect within the body. They're getting the same messengers, 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 excuse me, being sent between the hypothalamus, pituitary, adrenal glands, gonads, the works. It's all the same. Your body can't differentiate between what is a physical stress and an emotional stress. All it knows is the hormones. And it's the same with your nervous system. All it knows is the hormones. When you're going through long-term emotional stress, again, you're having, you're having that chronic cortisol dump. Then we're looking at trauma-based stress. Trauma-based stress is when somebody has gone through a trauma or multiple traumas, be it car accident, an attack, the loss of a loved one, abuse, whatever it is. It's still a trauma. It doesn't matter what kind of trauma it was. It was a trauma and it has impacted your body on a physiological level. Again, looking at the nervous system. When we go through any sort of trauma, be it a one-off incident or continued trauma over long periods of time, your nervous system has been activated. You're in your that chronic fight-or-flight mode. The residual effects of that can take a long time to come back. It's learning how to self-regulate your nervous system again. People who have experienced trauma have an overactive amygdala. So the amygdala is a little part in your brain which detects fear or threat. And people who have gone through traumatic experiences, the amygdala is in it's super receptive. It's hyper hypersensitive, and it's sending the autonomic nervous system into your chronic fight or flight mode. The likes of doing somatic therapy, meditation, yoga, all these areas are really, areas, all these things are really important for getting back into the body, getting back into the nervous system, into your vagus nerve, which is directly linked with the amygdala, learning how to self-regulate again, because this is having, like, those trauma responses are having knock-on effects on your reproductive system. Like there's a direct correlation between between trauma and infertility. And again, it's because of the stress hormones that are constantly being constantly being secreted and then the nervous system not being able to self-regulate. So it's all a process. But knowing that if you are someone who has been through numerous traumas, or if you're someone who feels that they're actually traumatized from this pandemic, which is very much real these are areas to really look at and focus on is learning how to self-regulate 
again, focusing on the nervous system, relaxation of the nervous system, to try and counteract that fight or flight response. Now, there are other factors that disrupt our our hormones and our hormone balance, the likes of endocrine disruptors, so chemicals, chemicals that are sprayed on our foods, the likes of herbicides, pesticides, and herbicides and pesticides, the way they work is that they directly affect the reproductive organs of pests um, to stop them from reproducing. So they're having, then we're consuming these foods and they're having that direct impact on our own reproductive hormones. Then there's BPAs and phthalates, which are xenoestrogens. So BPAs are a type of plastic. They contain xenoestrogens, which mimic our own natural estrogen, but then they'll end up latching onto the receptor cells of our estrogen receptor cells. Then we have excess estrogen floating through the system. That's when we're looking at the estrogen progesterone balance, that estrogen dominance versus a progesterone deficiency. As well, antibiotics have a huge impact on our hormones, growth hormones in animal products, and then the hormonal birth control. And when we're looking at hormonal birth control, there's a, the residues of that that's in our water supply is huge. What we're seeing now are higher rates of estrogenic cancers, not just in women, but also in men. And when we're looking at estrogenic conditions, what you're seeing is... I hate using the term moobs, but the man boobs, it's that excess breast tissue within men. You're seeing a lot of that now. You're also seeing a lot of excess belly fat and hip fat on men because the estrogen levels that are within their own systems, again, due to the likes of residual hormones from the birth control in our water supply, but also in antibiotics and in our foods, like the, the growth hormones that are being put within our food. So being really mindful of the types of foods that we're consuming and the types of products that we're using, because even like our makeup and our tan and our cleansers, our face washes, our our soaps, our shower gels, our deodorants, deodorants are a huge one. Being mindful of these chemicals that they are having a knock on effect on our hormones and on our on our ovulatory cycles. And then again, like I said, certain foods, so certain animal products, when they're given antibiotics, they're endocrine disruptors. When they're also given growth hormone, they're an endocrine disruptor. What we're seeing now is young girls, traditionally girls would start their periods around 14 or 15. Now we're looking at ages nine and up. It's younger and younger girls are getting their periods. And the younger you are when you get your period, the more at risk you are of having gynecological conditions, the likes of endometriosis and PCOS. And again, this is down to our food. The likes of dairy products. Unfortunately, unless it's organic dairy, there's an awful lot of antibiotics and hormones that are being pumped into the animals, be it cows, sheep, goat, whatever. Then as well, our chicken or poultry. Poultry, unless it's organic, it's a bomb of hormone disruptors. And this is when we're going back into the argument of macros versus micros. So macronutrients versus micronutrients. Yes, they all contain the same macros, be it organic chicken or your far- not farmed chicken, but yeah, I suppose your farmed chicken. They're all farmed in one way or another, but non-organic. So organic versus non-organic. Macros are the same, but the micros are completely different. The way that they are having an effect on your body 
is completely different. Organic chicken is is helping the the production and function of your hormones because we need protein and healthy fats for production and function of hormones. But non-organic ones are containing endocrine disruptors. So it's looking at what's the best one for you. And again, everything is very person dependent. It's very individual because everybody's body is different. Everybody's body reacts differently to certain things. Everybody has different conditions, be it PMS, be it endometriosis, be it PCOS. We're looking at different ways of uh, supporting the body through all these different conditions. But then other areas as well to look at with your food, the likes of, don't hate me for this, but your processed foods, your sugar, your alcohol, your caffeine, these are all inflammatory causing foods. And when there's inflammation within the body, there's more cortisol being being released. And cortisol, excess cortisol actually causes more inflammation. So it's a vicious circle and it's kind of like what comes first, the chicken or the egg but they go hand in hand. So if you're someone who has a gynecological problem that they're looking to fix right now, looking at what you can do, just little swap outs. So swapping swapping your veg, especially your dirty dozen, over to an organic. So the likes of sweet potato, apples, strawberries, broccoli, spinach, blueberries, trying to go organic with them. Then your poultry, if you can't buy organic, try and buy from a local farmer free range you have some idea of what they're being fed then trying to swap out some of your caffeine so if you're someone who like I was a few years ago drinking six cups of coffee a day (laughs) try and swap out one of your coffees for a chicory root instead it tastes just like coffee you just don't get the hit I actually love my chicory root I drink it by the bucket load now but week on week start cutting back one of your coffees and swapping it out for either a chicory root or a herbal tea something uncaffeinated because for women especially women who have endometriosis having any more than 300 milligrams of caffeine caffeine a day can really be detrimental to your fertility rates again alcohol sugar all cause inflammation the processed foods like they're food-like substances like they're filling they're filling you and they're they're fulfilling the need of reducing hunger but they're not actually really benefiting the body and again I'm not telling everyone to give up all processed foods look I eat my takeaways as well I'll have a takeaway once every couple of weeks and I love it but it's about balance and it's about who where you are on your journey on your health journey if you're looking to reduce your pms if you're looking to help with endometriosis if you're looking to help with pcos it's looking at making these these swap outs the healthy swap outs and again looking at really the organic products and also the quality of the food that you're buying because this is what's having the impact on your body Now there are many other different ways to help support your ovulatory function and especially with PMS but the main things that I'm always looking at is reducing your stress, calming the nervous system especially now trying to find something that works for you that helps you to self-regulate be it yoga, be it deep breathing, be it sea swimming, it's one of my favourites whatever it is for you, journaling, 
pick something that's going to help your nervous system to self-regulate. We need to get the hypothalamic function kick-started back in. Again, that's through stress reduction, but then loads of other ways, like herbs, supplements are fantastic for supporting the body, especially adaptogenic herbs. Adaptogenic herbs are, I'm going through so many adaptogenic herbs at the moment, the likes of ashwagandha, Siberian ginseng, wild oats, marshmallow root, shatavari. These are all herbs that help the body through periods of stress they support the adrenal glands in that overproduction of cortisol and adrenaline so they just help to nourish the adrenal glands and lower that cortisol dump but again when i talk about herbs and supplements i'm always talk to a healthcare profession before you take anything don't just go self-prescribing because all herbs especially adaptogenic herbs I love them so much but they have a massive impact on the body because they contain alkaloids and steroidal saponins and they can have detrimental effects if say you have high blood pressure it can increase your blood pressure or even someone with um, any thyroid conditions certain adaptogenic herbs shouldn't be used with thyroid conditions and especially if you're on thyroid medication so being really mindful of that always talk to someone who works with herbs then again supplements supplements are there to supplement really what we need to be looking at is getting your vitamins and minerals through your food getting your nutrients through your foods sometimes especially then with stress and the the knock-on effect on your gut health you're not actually absorbing all the nutrients properly so we really have to look at the likes of digestive enzymes making sure that you are actually able to absorb the nutrients from your food if there is an issue with gut health there's going to be an issue with absorption of nutrients so that's really when we're looking at supplementing for the likes of pms and proper hormone function and production so my go-to three are the methylated B-complex because we need our B vitamins, again, for production and function of hormones, or essential fatty acids, a good fish oil or omega blend. Really what we're looking for is omega-3 because it's anti-inflammatory in comparison to your omega-6 and 9, which are slightly more pro-inflammatory. But again, we need essential fatty acids for the production of hormones and for the distribution of hormones then again looking at the likes of your gut health your probiotic and your digestive enzymes if you're not absorbing your nutrients you're not going to be getting everything that you need so really at the end of the day i'll I'll always say it it's always coming back to your gut health if the gut is happy everything else is happy and it's the same with the liver if the liver is happy everything else is going to run smoothly because again it's our liver that will help to metabolize and excrete excess hormones as well as our bowels because we poop out excess hormones really but it's the liver that's stimulating the bile to help flush everything out and it's the liver that is breaking down the excess hormones so making sure that your liver function and your bowel health is on point the likes of that all your dark leafy greens get as much fiber in with your root veggies your sweet potato carrots parsnips beetroot the works eat as much fiber as you can without having any knock-on effects of loose stools you don't want to end up on the toilet for three days straight 
but just having a, that balanced diet, making sure you're getting your leafy greens, making sure the color on your plate is like a rainbow, have all your oranges, your reds, your purples. Purples are really important. They're so rich in antioxidants and antioxidants right now because the stress levels are so high there's oxidative stress happening within the body we need to counteract that with your antioxidants so all your dark berries all your dark leafy greens these are all going to be really beneficial for you but again if you're someone who does have a condition like chronic pms endometriosis pcos pelvic inflammatory disease anything hormonal that that's going on i would recommend actually speaking to a healthcare practitioner someone who can give you the guidance and can support you through it because there's so many different factors that are involved with hormones that if there is a severe condition it's just to get that bit of help if you're someone who just has the regular kind of pms it which i am not dismissing at all because that in itself is still really disruptive to life but there are things that you can do yourself adding in your warm water and lemon every morning adding in a portion of sweet potato and spinach every day with either your lunch or your dinner having a portion of root veggies in your evening meal to help strip out that excess cortisol from the system start snacking on berries fruit real foods real whole foods i'm not saying that you have to give up everything i'm not saying you have to give up anything really just add in add in the healthier options too and you will see a difference within a matter of a few months it takes four months to have any long-lasting physiological effect on the body so if you give yourself four months of adding in healthier food options you're going to see a difference be it with your periods be it pain be it your skin heavy bleeds whatever but if you're someone who's gone into having non-ovulatory cycles or has an inflammatory condition you may need that little bit of extra help on the way. So that's this week's episode of Oral's Happy Hormones. I hope it's helped. So for now, happy Friday, happy hormones. <laughs>